1: I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Some great questions this week, one about working with a shy child and a question about inappropriate or unwanted touching among minors. So if your child is old enough to understand and you aren't sure if it's a topic you want your child to hear from the podcast, but prefer to talk about parent to child directly after the podcast or at a different time, I would recommend listening to the second half when you can have some alone time or while using headphones. But before I get to the questions, just an update on our family health situation, because the saga continues. Now, I had to take my husband. Okay, I insisted on taking my husband to the ER last week because he was getting worse. I wanted to take him last Tuesday evening, but he refused. He thought they would just tell him to drink more fluids and go home and rest, which I totally understood. But I told him if he weren't getting any better by Wednesday morning, I was taking him to the ER. Well, to make a long story short, it turns out that he was not doing better and we took him in and he had and still has bilateral pneumonia. They kept him for two nights. He's still very tired and weak, but he is slowly recovering. So I've been a single mom going on 12 days now. So I taught my kids how to properly fold and put away their own laundry. Now they've been putting their laundry away, but they don't always do a great job. But I've said, this is the time you guys need to do this. I'm done folding laundry for you. We're done folding laundry for you. You guys need to step up here. So this is one of their new responsibilities and it was about time anyway. If they're capable, I say it should be theirs. But I'm ready for a week on a deserted tropical beach right about now. Who wants to go with me? I don't even mind my kids coming just so long as I don't have to cook for anyone or wake anyone up for school or remind them to do their homework and on and on. Maybe a resort with a kids club so they can go do their kid things and I can go lay on the beach and do my adult things like sleep on a lounge chair. Oh, parent life is so exciting. The extravagant things we dream about. Naps on a chair. Okay. Anyway, to get to the first question, Noen asks, Dear Erin, first of all, I would like to say thank you for your podcast. Thanks to it, I have discovered the whole new world about discipline and adapt this to my daily life with my five year old little girl. She is very sensitive, kind, and expressive, but my concern lately is that she's still shy in front of the class or other strangers, even her fellows in her class, in a way that it takes such a time to get to know a new group or a new adult. I intend to take her to more extra classes such as music, drawing, or dancing on weekends and hope that this would help her build more confidence and gain more skill. Do you have any other suggestions? Moreover, she knows how to share stuff with friends and be kind with them in their play, but sometimes the other kids are rude. They isolate her when they tell the other kids not to play with her, or those kids are not willing to share back, or sometimes they're unreasonable, especially for younger kids when playing. Like yesterday, we went to my niece and nephew's birthday. The niece was not willing to share with her and didn't let her touch anything, but didn't give any reasons. And this made my daughter very upset and cry, and she told me she wanted to be alone and asked me to talk to the other kids for her. I told her we could both go talking to the kids, but that girl didn't didn't want to talk. This upset my daughter more and I was a little bit confused on what to do. I know I have to show empathy, but I need your advice on how to better I can do to help my daughter in these situations. One more thing. I am from Vietnam and I really appreciate it if you'd add the transcripts in for every podcast like you used to do on your website. It helps me a lot to follow it. Thank you, Erin, for the great work and the podcast itself. So first, Nguyen, I did let my web designer know to be sure to add the transcripts for any missing episodes that we didn't do. And she did stop doing that for some reason, so she's going to get back to that. She's going to go back and replace those. So And so also continuing forward, we will be putting up the transcripts. So let me know if there's something out there that you don't find a transcript for, what episode, and we'll be sure to get that up and you can check out the individual podcast episode pages on the website at yourvillageonline.com/podcast and then on each individual page you'll find the transcripts for the episode for that episode so now let's talk about shyness what it is why it happens And how Nguyen can work with her daughter to help support her in getting her needs met and therefore overcoming the shyness as much as possible. So shyness is exhibiting timidity or a lack of courage or confidence around other people. This is different than being introverted, although they can overlap and most often do, People can have both traits, but being shy is not being introverted, or people who are introverted are not necessarily shy. Introversion is a comfort level or energy level around others. Introverts prefer smaller, more intimate functions and generally find big crowds overwhelming, whereas shyness tends to be more about a lack of confidence. Now, I was very shy as a child, so I can relate to this. Scientists are still studying these types of personality traits and where they come from. Some of it is cultural, societal, and some of it is likely genetic as well. Now, I know in my case, it was probably somewhat just who who I was, but also my abusive childhood definitely undermined my self-esteem and added to my lack of confidence and therefore attributed to some of my shyness on top of already being a shy type of person. Now also, in pretty much every society today, women and girls are not as valued and the messages do get through early and often, no matter how hard we try to deflect them. They're pretty pervasive, so this can contribute to girls being more shy as well. Now, when I was a kid, my shyness came in a lot at school. I was always afraid to raise my hand to ask a question or share an idea. I was always afraid I it would look stupid. It was a stupid question or a stupid idea, and other kids would laugh or think I was stupid, so I would just stay quiet and hope someone else would ask the same question I had. So while being introverted is just a different way of approaching the world and a different comfort level in certain situations, being shy can actually be a hindrance to success socially, academically, and professionally. So it is important to work with our shy kids to help them develop skills so this doesn't hinder their success in life. If they feel like they have a question they'd like to ask, they need to have the confidence to ask that question. If they're at a job and they feel like they deserve a raise, they need to be able to go in and ask for that raise and give the reasons why. This is different than being introverted. An introvert may have no issue going into their boss and saying I deserve a raise and here's why, but then just doesn't like a big party with a bunch of strangers. So these are different things. Now chances are a shy child will never become a gregarious and outrageously outgoing person and that's okay, that's not the goal. The goal, is to help the child have the confidence they need to seek assistance when warranted to ask questions and to share their ideas because when they don't they aren't the only ones who miss out we all do so here are some tips in general for working with shy kids and then I'll apply them and any other pointers to Nguyen's incident that she shared with us when you have a shy child you want to do whatever you can to ease them into any new situation. So if you're going to a birthday party, a family gathering, a playgroup, school, a new activity, Nguyen, like you mentioned, you want to arrive early so that the child has the chance to warm up slowly to new people. If they're one of the first kids at the new dance class, then they get to meet the teacher first without other kids around or the teacher and maybe one other kid. They get a few minutes to get comfortable before another child arrives and then another and another. Or the same with family, they get to get comfortable with a few family members at a time. If you're one of the later ones to show up, then it can be very overwhelming entering a room full of strangers or even acquaintances. Now, if it's a situation like a new school or a new activity, also you can visit the school or the facility ahead of time when it's relatively empty. Get a tour and meet the teacher, and this gives your child a chance to warm up to the environment and the teacher beforehand and know the teacher once they go in for that first class session. Also, you can set up play dates one-on-one with one of the children from their school, or from their activity if you can. If you know of anyone in their school, in their class, or in their activity beforehand, you could have two to three play dates with this child before starting the school or activity. This way, she or he has at least one to two familiar faces, the teacher and one other student. You wanna teach, guide, and help your shy child join other kids in ongoing play walk over with your child, encourage her to share her name. Now likely she or he will not, but you wanna encourage him or her to do it. And then if they don't, you wanna go ahead and model the behavior you would like to see. So you would introduce your child for them. Hi, this is Ellie, what's your name? And then how you would want your child to respond. Hi, Ava, it's nice to meet you. It looks like you're building a castle. Ellie likes to build castles too. What can Ellie do to help you build it? Now this is a big tip for any kid joining in on play. You don't want to teach them to say can I play because that easily invites a no. The kids are already engaged in play and working together and aren't trying to be exclusive, but their minds aren't considering what someone else can fit in. So if a kid says can I play with you, no is a pretty common and first response to this question. So we want to teach kids to say How can I help you? What can I do? Because this immediately gets the kids thinking about that. that How can this person help? How can, what can she do to join in? This is part of the social skills development, which I cover more in depth in the class on Your Developing Toddler and the Your Developing Preschooler class, which is coming out later this week now that my family's getting healed up. It covers how to enter ongoing play, how to learn to share and take turns, how to teach your toddler and preschooler problem solving skills when they struggle with a playmate. So for more on these skills, be sure to check out those classes on the website at yourvillageonline.com under the health and development menu. I also recommend the class on self-esteem, either the one for newborn through age five or for five and over, and that is also under the health and development menu. Now next, I'm going to get to how Nguyen can work with her daughter if or when she encounters a similar situation the next time. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. By Heart is an infant nutrition company whose mission is simple, make the best formula in the world using the latest in breast milk science. Now that we're back from the break, I'm going to finish answering Gwen's problem about helping her shy daughter. So for this particular situation, I think she handled it really well. It was perfect to say that you should both go talk with the other child so that you can model for your daughter how to communicate well and get her needs met. If I'm understanding correctly, when you approach the other girl, she didn't want to talk, though. Now, I'm not sure how old this other child is. At first, I was assuming she was close to your daughter's age, but that isn't actually specified. So if the child is younger, three or under, kids in this age group are not good at sharing yet. This is difficult for them and takes some work and practice. Even kids who are four, if they haven't had some help and guidance with sharing, they can still struggle with it. So this could very well be the case here. I'm not sure. I'm also not sure if this girl is your niece or someone you didn't know very well and this can be a tough situation because The truth is we have no control or jurisdiction over other people's kids So if they don't want to talk or participate, there's not much you can do to change that so the best you can do is use it as a teaching moment for your child. Use it to teach your daughter that we don't have control over how other people behave. If the child is younger, you can let her know that younger kids have a hard time with sharing and that in time, he or she will most likely become much better at it, so to be patient. If the child is older but still isn't good at sharing, now we have some seven-year-olds in our neighborhood where this is the case but by five, especially by six, most kids should be pretty good at sharing and taking turns if that's been the expectation for them and if it's they've gotten some help with that. So if this is an older child, you can also share that some people are really friendly, helpful, and good at sharing, and others struggle with it more and they're not quite as good. If someone isn't playing the way that makes us feel good, then we don't need to play with them and we can find someone else who's good at playing the way we like to and enjoy. This could be with peers at school or at a party or any situation like that. The other lesson is that it gives an opportunity for us to talk about how important it is to be one of the helpful, kind people who share because of how it feels to be on the other end when someone isn't kind to us. Now, the only other thing you could also do if this is a child you know well and you know the parent well enough and are comfortable approaching that parent is to let the parent know that your daughter would like to play with her and the toys too, and that you could use some help with getting the girls to communicate and play better together. As with any of these new subjects, once again, this is a class I have very much wanted to create for some time now helping the shy child because it's such an important thing to help shy children get beyond their. Shyness at times when they need to, and to have the tools so that they can ask questions they need to ask, so they can join children in other play if they would like to, and to build some confidence in these areas. So, this is on my list. But as with any small business, I spend more time doing other tasks, mostly marketing, but accounting and whatnot, that it takes time away from what I love to do, which is to help parents by answering questions and creating more great classes. But I do have these classes on my list. I have outlines for a lot of them, so I am going to get my way through a lot of these in the next few months. Now, for our next question, and again, a reminder, it is about inappropriate and unwanted touching. So if this is a subject you want to discuss with your child personally in your own way, you'll want to listen to this when your child is not around or with headphones. Now, I will say that this content is certainly appropriate and acceptable for a child five, six or older to hear. And you can use it as a launching pad for discussion. It's still a topic for discussion with younger kids, but preschoolers and younger won't really understand this material, especially in its context. But I wanna give this information for parents to decide when and how to discuss these topics with their children. So this question is a bit long because of the detail. So I'll try to cut it down and if I can omit anything that isn't as pertinent to the details or the question. Now Rachel says, Hi, Aaron, I had an urgent life changing incident happen to my eight year old daughter. My question to you is did I handle this right or do I need to go further into it with her? Her 12 year old cousin, a boy, asked her to touch his private area. I found out because everyone had left the house and I was sitting downstairs with my husband and aunt talking. My son who is 10 and daughter were in his room by themselves, which is usual because he has all the toys and video games. They come downstairs and I could see on my daughter's face. She was hiding something from me. So I asked her in front of my son and her cousin, is there anything wrong? And she looked at her cousin and said, no, nothing. So I knew as a mom, something happened and I'm not sure how, but I felt that it was sexual. We said our goodbyes and I walked outside and I took her aside and I said, do you have anything to tell mommy? And she said, no, mom. Again, I said, mommy needs you to be honest with me. And I asked her, did something happen in his room? And she said, I don't want him to be in trouble. I told her, I need you to be honest with me right now so I can help you and help your cousin. What happened? She then went on to say that her cousin asked her to touch his penis and she had said no five times and he kept asking. And so she did. I told her she is so brave to tell me and thank you for telling me the truth. I was absolutely shocked. I told her to wait and I went back inside to talk to his mom and to him. He cried his eyes out and admitted everything and came to find out he never had been talked to about sex and the feelings he's feeling right now for a 12 year old. After he explained the story, he said out loud, I did something very, very bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He felt and looked very remorseful and then I told him, what you're going through is normal feelings for a boy your age, but what you did to my daughter is not okay, especially when she said no to you five times and she asked you to stop. What you do in private is your business, but when you involve a younger girl, it's not okay. You did not respect her when she said no and this is not the way to handle what you're feeling." After this, I told him I'm bringing my daughter inside and I want you to apologize to her. We brought her inside and he did apologize. I turned to my daughter and I said, this is not your fault. And next time something like this happens, I need you to tell me right away. After he asked you the first time and you said, no, you should come to me. She then said, I'm sorry. And I said, there's nothing to be sorry about. I told her we'll talk more about this. But I wanted you to hear from your cousin that what he did was wrong. I talked to my daughter that night, asked if she had any questions, then talked to her about anything she felt and if she had questions, and she said no. I then told her to promise me that she would always come to me or tell me if something like this happened again. I told her I'm proud of her, that she said no in the beginning. She is acting normal and hasn't brought it up. I also talked to my 10-year-old son about being on alert when these things are happening if someone is telling you to turn around and look away, and that he should protect her, but that it wasn't his fault. I'm very emotional about this, but hiding it from my daughter and I really respect your guidance. So I wrote back to Rachel right away and I let her know that I don't usually answer these questions right away. I usually schedule them for the podcast and let people know when they're on the schedule so that they can listen to the answer on the podcast. But given the nature of the concern and how understandably agitated and upset she was feeling, I wanted to get back to her as quickly as possible. Also because I had something like this very similar happen to me when I was four. So it really resonated with me and I wanted to get back to her with an answer about it. So. It was a very similar situation with me. It was a multiple nose from me and continued coercion from the perpetrator. In my case, it was a 14-year-old boy. And he had exposed himself to me and appeared intent on getting some sort of attention from me before he would leave me alone. And so like Rachel's daughter, I gave in to his request to get him to leave me alone. He had blocked me in the bathroom where he had walked in while I was going to the bathroom. I let Rachel know that I think she handled this amazingly well. I was so impressed that she went back in and talked to the mom with the boy, and I think she taught everyone a lot. And I know I shouldn't be shocked, but I am that no one has ever talked to this boy about sex or sexuality at all. And frankly, I find it really upsetting. It's such an important part of parenting. I know it's an uncomfortable subject for a lot of people, but no one does anyone a favor, boys or girls, are future men and women when they don't make sex an open topic for discussion. So the fact that she was able to go help open up that conversation for everyone is huge and she should be extremely proud of herself. I would say that everything she did for her daughter was huge. I think it's incredible that she was able to read her daughter and know something was up immediately. And she was so tuned into the nature of the incident and was able to help her right away. I also wanna talk about consent here. This, it's not just sex and sexuality. We want to talk about consent with everyone, with our girls, but it's not just up to our girls to say no. It's up to our boys to know what no means. No means no, stop, don't go any further. It's Really, really important. It's important for both sexes, genders to know this, that no means no, no means I'm not interested. And you don't wanna have any kind of sexual encounter with a partner who is not interested. Now this type of consent starts really early, I've talked about it in other podcasts before, just when it comes to play, when it comes to tickling, when it comes to wrestling, when it comes to, you know, do you want to play this game or can I give you a hug and kids say no, I don't want to play that, no, I don't want to be touched right now, no, I don't want to hug right now, no, I don't want to kiss right now. You know, my kids will start wrestling and touching each other. And when one kid says stop or one kid says no, and if I hear a no a second time, I am in there so fast on top of the kid who's pushed back and tried to get or coerce another child. It's just wrestling. It's not sexual. But a no is a no. My body is mine. And if I don't want to be hugged or touched or wrestled or tickled or anything else, you need to stop immediately. And it starts with this type of talks with our kids. Very Very important. Now I've put together a list of books for talking with kids about sex, sexuality, and consent at different ages, starting at four and going up to around 12 or 13. There are even more resources for older kids as well. So if you have kids 14 and up and are struggling with how to talk with them and answering their questions or wanting resources for them to read, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com and it can give additional resources to parents of older kids. Now to get the list of books, you can go to yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash books about sexuality. Now there's a dash between those three words, between books dash about dash sexuality. So yourvillageonline.com slash podcast slash books dash about dash sexuality. These Discussions and books are important to read with the kids as they age, so you keep this discussion open. Now for Rachel, I also let her know that it's fine to just let this gel for now and know that she handled it extremely well because she was asking if she should go back and readdress it with her daughter or ask any more questions. Then just leave it open to answer any questions she has if she comes to you or wants to share any feelings, if anything else comes up. But then you can keep bringing it up, not the incident necessarily, but the topics of sex, consent, romance, dating, sexuality, etc. Over the coming months and years, talking about consent, what it is, what it means, and how she can handle it. Unfortunately, this means talking to our kids, especially our girls, about how they need to be careful. It's unfortunate, but as a girl, as a female, she's going to have to be on the defensive and boys get violated as well. So it's not about it. So you still can talk to your boys about it, but it does happen more to girls. Very, very important to talk to everybody about how to protect themselves. Unfortunately, this will probably not be the last time someone at best tries and at worst succeeds in crossing her boundaries. Also, I let Rachel know that if she's struggling to talk to a friend, to go to a therapy session, to unload, whatever will help her work through those emotions that are coming up, it's scary to think that we won't always be there to protect our daughters or our sons and be made all too aware of the things that they will come up against. The best we can do is arm them to be ready, which is exactly what Rachel did. Empower them to say no, and unfortunately, we need to teach them to be on the defensive. I wish the world weren't this way, but it is. We do have to teach our kids, especially our girls, to pay attention as they walk to their cars at night, not to run alone after dark on dark paths or unlit streets to watch their drinks at bars or parties. This is when they're older, of course, not at age. The list goes on and on. None of this means they deserve anything that happens to them if they're ever assaulted, but it is the life of being a woman, especially right now. We also teach our boys about consent, how anything less than an enthusiastic yes is a no. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com.